Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We continue our series, uh, God Given, and uh, as I've shared before, uh, the intent of this series is to learn about the different blessings that God has given in our lives. Uh, That was this whole series. We've been on it for, I think this is our eighth week right now. We might extend it one week. We might not. Uh, I'm trying to decide this week, so you have to come next week to find out. But some of these blessings are the righteous attributes that God wants to bestow on our lives. And, and so many times we don't understand what God wants to give us. And we, we, stay, we sit back, we, we don't receive what God wants to give us in our lives. For example, a few weeks ago I spoke about holiness. How holiness is an attribute that comes from God. We are called to pursue holiness, amen? But the completion of holiness is only found through Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that our righteousness are like filthy rags compared to the perfectness of God. So if you're trying to live this perfect, holy life and think you're going to work your way into heaven, guess what? You're not going to make it without Jesus. So the only way that we can do that is through the righteousness of Christ. Amen? So holiness was an attribute that really be, that is given to us by God. Another attribute that I want to talk up to you today about, which is kind of similar... Is, is the love of God. It's the gift that God wants to give us is his love. It's a quality that God wants us to embrace in our life because when embraced, God's love changes our life. When we receive God's love, when we truly accept God's love, it's life-changing. Of course, the enemy does not want you to receive that love. The enemy does not want you to Find that acceptance that we can find in God's love. So many people walk around life today feeling unloved. And guess what? God wants us to experience his love so that we can walk in not hopelessness, but that we can start walking in great hope because of his love. But one of the the verses, key verses of this series that I've been talking to you about this over this eight weeks is the, the, the words that Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, the enemy wants you to steal, the enemy wants to steal away God's love from your life. Jesus wants to give it to you abundantly. Which one are you going to choose today? The specific love that God wants to to us to receive is what's called agape love. And some of you have heard about that love. It's, there's three, different type or four, three or four different types of love that it's explained in the Greek. And agape love is a selfless love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that's not focused on self, but it's a love that is focused on others. It's a love that we, that we read about when G, in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one. It's sacrificial. It's agape love. We live in a world where there are multiple definitions of love. Love is a word that is tossed around a lot, a lot in our culture. It can mean crazy things. I mean, even when you're on social media, you have the option to like something or to love something. Think about how, how much we have degraded what love truly is in our culture today. Many times the word love is associated with romance. 
This type of love is based on feelings. It's a love that produces butterflies in your stomach. But it's a love that many times will come and go. It's this love that all of a sudden, I remember the first time I took a walk thinking about how much I loved Annette when we were first dating. My heart was going pitter-patter and butterflies were stirring. It's the love that took, took Brett to New York so he could go propose to his fiance or not his fiance, his girlfriend, Danielle at the time. That, that's that kind of love. But if you've been married any type, length of time, you know that love kind of wavers at times. It kind of goes up and down at times. And, and people who marry for a romance type of love are often disappointed. It's not that romance shouldn't be present in marriage. Amen. We need to have romance in our marriage. But a love that is long-lasting goes beyond romance. It's a love that's based on dedication. It's a love that's based on commitment. It's a faithful love. It's what's referred to in Scripture as an agape love, a selfless type of love. It's a love that lasts through difficult times. It endures through a hurtful statement when someone says something wrong to you. Instead of taking immediate offense, guess what? There's a selfless agape love that comes over you that gives you the ability to forgive. It survives when money is scarce. It perseveres even when tragedy happens, this agape love. Because it's a love that goes beyond, I want you to catch this, it's a love that goes beyond yourself. It's a love that doesn't just look at self. It's selfless. It looks for others. It looks at the hurt of others. It's the kind of love that God has given to us. It's the kind of love that Jesus had when he came from heaven to earth to die on the cross for our sins. God's love is a love that is contrary to the love that the world offers. That carnal, the carnality of this world, that's not the kind of love that it offers. We live in a world that thrives on selfish love. A love that is based on feelings. In fact, God love, God's love is so opposite of the world's love that Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5 on the Sermon on the Mount, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Talk about a love that is contrary to our culture of the day. Love your enemies? When was the last time you loved your enemy? When was the last time that you prayed for someone who did you wrong? That's agape love. Many times as Christians, we can easily follow the world's thinking because selfish love is so prevalent in our culture today. The thinking of to love your enemies goes against the rules, goes, really goes against the rules that we set up in culture. The word love that Jesus uses in that scripture, love your enemies, is the same word I'm talking about today. It's that agape love. It's a love based on choice. It's a love that is kind and patient and desires the best for others. A great description of agape love can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You can read it for yourself. It's the Apostle Paul who does a phenomenal job of describing agape love. And many people read that, that passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, at weddings because they understand that, you know what, it's more than just romance. There has to be a sacrificial type of love if that marriage is going to last the, the long endure through the through the time of that marriage love agape love is what's missing in our society it's a love that that the enemy doesn't want us to have because he knows that it changes the status quo 
Agape love will change the status quo. It will change an environment. In fact, one of our environments here in this church is authentic love. It's, 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 a, it's one of the things that we believe in. You'll see it on our missions wall. Authentic love. Guess what? We go out and we want to change lives. We don't do it through our own strength. We do it through God's power. We do it through God's love. Agape love is a love that brings healing and change into people's lives. It's, it's a love that restores marriages. It's a love that brings healing between parents and children. It's one of my things I, I share all the time with parents. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But love covers a multitude of sin. And what happens in as parents, if we just practice agape love, guess what? You're not going to lose. You, you will not lose if you just practice agape love. It's a love that rebuilds friendships. It's a love that can transform an enemy into a friend. We need this type of love in our lives. This love is not greedy. It's not deceptive. It, it doesn't bring harm to others. It's not thinking about how can I hurt somebody else. Instead, it looks out for the interest of others. Even looks out for the interest of your enemies. It's that kind of love. It's God-given. It's not something that you can get from your own human nature because your human nature is carnal. It's a love that all of a sudden comes from our Heavenly Father. Amen. Today, the passage of Scripture that I want to share with you today is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And it's Jesus teaching about the vine and the branches. It's one of the great teachings that we have in the Bible of Jesus' teaching. And Jesus begins, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I encourage you to read that whole passage of Scripture in John 15. But I'm going to highlight the first part, and then we're going to kind of land on the last half of this scripture. But it begins with Jesus teaching with this statement. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. And the grapevine is best defined by Jesus himself when he says these words, I am the way and the truth and the life. Meaning Jesus is our lifeline to the Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Father is the owner of the garden. He's the gardener. He's the one that owns all things. But Jesus is the lifeline to our Heavenly Father. Jesus is the lifeline to heaven. I am the true grapevine and my Father is the gardener. Skipping down to verse 5, Jesus says these words. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Say much fruit. You will produce much fruit. How do you produce much fruit? By remaining connected to the vine. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is teaching that our spiritual success is dependent upon our relationship with him. When we stay connected with Christ, guess what? There's something powerful that takes place in your life. When all of a sudden you have this abundance of who God is, the presence of God in your life, and all of a sudden he is leading you, he is guiding you, he is directing you. And the further you step away from the vine, guess what? The diff more difficult your life becomes. I'm not necessarily talking about this life here on earth. You might have a great life here on earth. What happens after this life? I'm talking about the spiritual, your spiritual life. I'm talking about one day when you're taking your last breath and you're starting to think about what have I really done that made a difference in this world besides me. Woo. What have I really done where I can put my head on that pillow and maybe take my last breath and say, you know what? I have lived a good life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Thank you, Lord. Made a difference. 
Jesus is teaching that our spiritual success is dependent upon our relationship with him. Just like a, a branch cannot bear fruit if it's not connected to the trunk or to the vine, we cannot bear fruit unless, guess what, that Jesus is our resource. Our lives were created to glorify God. And one of the ways that we glorify God is by making the difference. The Bible says it's to produce fruit. See, we can produce fruit each and every day in our life. You could be sitting on an airplane, and it could be just taking the time. I'm speaking to myself right now, taking my ear pods out, and just taking the time to be able to talk to someone that's next to you that wants to talk. It could be at Starbucks, instead of just rushing through the Starbucks line where all of a sudden you're there, where you just sit down and all of a sudden someone sits down next to you and you're taking an opportunity for conversation. It could be at, at your workplace where someone needs help and you say, you know what, can I pray for you? It could be at your school, at your school where all of a sudden you see someone that's getting, man, just, that's that kid that's always getting kind of beat up on, that's that kid that's always kind of being bullied and you're just saying, you know what, I'm done with that. And all of a sudden, you walk in with agape love, and you say, hey, can we be friends? And you just take on that challenge. See, all of a sudden, we put agape love into action. It changes lives. It produces fruit. Jesus says in verse 8, he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. When we produce fruit, when we are making a difference, guess what takes place? We are glorifying our Heavenly Father. The only way we can make a difference, and I want you to catch this, the only way we can make a difference is by revealing God's love for others. The only way that we can make a difference is by sharing Jesus to people who need to find Jesus. It's presenting the love of the Father, the love that sent Jesus to die for our sins, God's love is to reveal God's truth of salvation for each and every person who's willing to submit, willing to, to bow down before the Lord, willing to ask for his forgiveness, willing to follow him. And I want to start reading from this passage of scripture about the vine and the branches. I want to start from verse 9. We're going to read the rest of this story here and just listen as I read it today. Because now we're talking about agape love. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. That's an interesting statement. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. There's, there's a, an interesting connection between obedience and love. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way as I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name this is my command, love each other. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today, and I pray, God, as we continue in this message, that your word, the power of your word, 
by the power of your Holy Spirit, will impact our lives, will impact our hearts. And Lord God, as I've been already sharing how your agape love changes things, God, I pray today it will change our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. The first truth that we need to understand from this passage of Scripture is that love is God-given. Jesus said, I have loved you even as as the Father has loved me. I have loved you as the Father has loved me. John writes in 1 John 4, 7, he says, love is from God. You see, love is something that is God-given. The Father loves the Son. The Son all of a sudden loves us. He comes from heaven to earth, dies on a cross for our sins. When when we receive the, the Son's love, we receive the Father's love, and we love one another. There's an interesting thing about, the, about love. Many people miss this, this truth that is found in the, in the vine and the branches. That really, I think there's so much of this whole truth is about God's love. It's about God's love flowing through our lives. In verse 19, John writes, we love because he first loved us. That's how we even know about love. Love is God-given. It's an attribute that comes from our Heavenly Father. And in recognizing this truth, I want to share three thoughts from this passage of Scripture. This is not an exegetical message that that is like, man, it's breaking down every... But there's three thoughts that I think are so important for us as a church that we need to grab a hold of. If we're really going to truly live in this environment that's called authentic love. If we really want to create an environment that's going to change people's lives. Amen? The first thing is love is a commandment. It's not an option. We can never make love an option. Love is a commandment. We see this in verse 12 when Jesus said, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way as I have loved you. Love is a command. In the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, Jesus informed us of the two greatest commandments. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is is, is just as great, is to love others. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Another way to think of that second commandment would be to love people in the same way that you would want them to love you. Love people in the same way that you would want them to, which what, what does that mean? It means that I'm going to look out, the best, out for the best interests of someone else, just like what I would hope they would do for me. Jesus gives us this example. Look again at what Jesus says. Love each other in the same way as I have loved you. And I started to think about this. This is in John chapter 15. If you go to John chapter 13, the gospel of John chapter 13, you find one of the most famous stories in the Bible. And this is the story when Jesus all of a sudden decides to wash the disciples' feet. They're in the upper room, the Last Supper. And all of a sudden, Jesus takes the time when the the disciples come in. They're looking for someone to wash their feet because that was a tradition of that day when you're walking out. In, on the paths and your feet were dirty, your hand, someone would come and wash your feet. There was no servant to wash their feet. Jesus all of a sudden takes off his robe, puts on a towel, and he starts to wash their feet and dry their feet. I can't imagine when Jesus is sharing these words two chapters later, probably just a few hours later, that all of a sudden this, 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 this thought, this, what they just experienced, all of a sudden comes alive in their hearts and in their minds. All of a sudden everything is starting to jump in. Love each other just as I have loved you. And then the thought, the revelation that comes when all of a sudden they realize, the disciples realize when Jesus died on the cross that he died for their sins. 
all of a sudden, something starts to change in their heart. Something starts to change in their lives. All of a sudden, they start realizing this agape love that Jesus was talking about. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's not about me. It's about others. It's about how can I change the lives of others. We can't do it through our own strength. But, man, we can do it through God's love. We can make a difference. Abundant life. You know what I think abundant life is? Life beyond ourselves. Life beyond me. I think that's what abundant life truly is. It's understanding who God is in my life, but more so, it's understanding how God's love is for all people. It's abundant life. Jesus modeled this commandment for us in such a beautiful way. He obeyed the will of the Heavenly Father, demonstrating his love for the Father while at the same time, I want you to catch this. He said, you know, love others just as I have loved you. And he says, I'm under the same commandment with my heavenly father. So he, Jesus obeyed his heavenly father. He went to the cross for you and for me because he was in obedience, demonstrating his love for the father. While at the same time, Jesus' obedience modeled his love for you and for me. If you love me, you obey what I command. See, sometimes we don't understand how obedience and love works together. But Jesus gives us a great model. He gives us a great example. His obedience to his heavenly father demonstrated his love for the father because he left heaven to come to earth. Are you kidding me? Be asking like one of you to leave Orange County to go to Haiti. In the, in the pits of Haiti. And say, hey, you know what? Go minister there. It would be hard. Jesus left heaven to come to earth. It demonstrated his obedience to God. It demonstrated his love to God. But in his obedience, guess what else it did? It demonstrated his love for mankind. See, when we are obedient to what God commands, not only does it show our love to God, but all of a sudden it just exposes our love for others. It's an amazing thing when you allow God's love to work through your life. And it leads me to... Verse 13, the second thought I want to share with you. Love is a sacrifice. Jesus states the greatest demonstration of love is for one to give up their own life for someone else. It's what Jesus modeled to us. And we see this in people who are willing to put themselves in harm's way for the safety of others. We see this in our first responders. We see this in our police officers and our fire officers who are willing to put their life on the line for others. It's a, it's a form of agape love. We see this in parents who are willing to give up their own life for the, and sacrifice their life. And most of you parents here today would be willing to sacrifice your own life for the life of your child. It's agape love. Agape love is shown in other ways as well. As I, show, as I shared just a couple minutes ago, it was demonstrated by Jesus to his disciples when he washed the disciples' feet. When we sacrifice our time, when we sacrifice our resources to serve others, we are demonstrating agape love. We need more of this demonstration in our society today. We need to love people through serving. We need to love people through giving. This will impact all areas, all areas of life. It will impact your marriage. It would impact families, schools, workplaces. It would even impact churches. We need some churches that would take on some agape love. 
a key element missing in people's lives is God's love. And we must as a church, it's one of our foundations of our church, is continue to demonstrate God's love by loving others. And love at times will take sacrifice. It's what made this trip to Ecuador that we took this past week so special. I stayed home and held down the fort, but sent my wife, sent my son, and said, hey, you guys go and, and, and make it happen. And what happens is that we were able to demonstrate God's love to others in need. It took time. It took money. It took sacrifice. We raised $20,000 to do that from this church. It's not a huge congregation, but we were willing to do that because you know what? We want to make a difference in this world. Amen. Kids needed a playground. Kids needed food. And it's not just food because they're hungry. As I was being explained, these kids don't get the right vitamins. Many of them, some need surgeries. They can't even perform surgeries on them because they're so anemic. They have so many different things and they need the vitamins. And what happens is we're providing the vitamins in their life. It's making a big difference. God's love was also demonstrated by those who took vacation time and sacrificed finances to personally go and deliver that love to this community. And I want to say personally thank you for going. Thank you for taking, because I know you have to take off time from work, unpaid time. I know you have to sacrifice your own money to go. And it take, and it, and that's, but that's a God by love. Some would say, and I've heard the argument, man, Pastor Tom, why don't you take all the money that it would cost to, to send people over there? Why don't you take that money so you can provide money? Can I tell you something? Agape love cannot be demonstrated just through finances alone. Love has to have a personal touch. It needs a personal touch. We needed to send people over there to let them know that, you know what, we love you. And you're demonstrating God's love to others. Money alone will never demonstrate God's love. It requires a personal encounter. And a big shout out to kids around the world for what they're doing. Debbie, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your willingness and for the whole team there for what they're doing in making a difference in the lives of people. More and more churches need to connect with other organizations, Christian organizations. We connect with a lot. And we do so because we're wanting to make a difference in this world. When we're all connected together through Jesus Christ, guess what? Together we're producing fruit. Meaning that lives are being changed by God's love. Can we as a church continue to sacrifice? Can we as a church continue to make a difference? The last thought I want to share with you from this scripture is found in verse 16 where it says, love is lasting. It doesn't actually say that. I, my interpretation, love is lasting. Jesus states in verse 16, he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Something that doesn't, doesn't appear, you, you know how fast fruit, I mean, we put bananas on the counter, and before, man, the next morning, they're already going brown. You know, it's have to eat them fast. Fruit doesn't necessarily last all that long. Jesus says lasting fruit. What is lasting fruit? Lasting fruit are those who make a choice to love God. Those who make a choice to follow Jesus. Look at the words that Jesus stated. You didn't choose me. I chose you. It prompts me to the words that we find in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, where it says, We love because he what? First loved us. Man, I miss you. Thanks for just finishing that off for me. That's awesome. Jesus reminding his disciples that he had, a chosen, he had chosen them. 
And it's another demonstration of God's love. See, Jesus elevated some fishermen. He elevated a tax collector to the state of being an apostles to go and share God's love. Jesus elevated them even higher when he shared with them, you are my friends. What is that friendship built around? God's love. What is our church built around? God's love. What, what, how do we connect with other Christian organizations? God's love. We're making a difference because you know what? We have one common denominator. His name is Jesus Christ. We are partnering with Jesus when we share the good news of God's love. It's obeying the commandment that Jesus gives us. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Everything in this life will disappear. You might not believe that, but it will. It will. The only thing that will last is what we've done for God. You've heard that statement. And I share it here again. The only thing that will last is what we've done for God. John writes it this way in 1 John 2, 17. He says, the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. See, there's something powerful when we all of a sudden tie our obedience and understanding God's love. If you love me, you will do as I command. It's our love for God and our love for others that will last through all of eternity. You can't take things to heaven. I've seen people try. It doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. But you can bring people. You can't take things, but you can bring people. And God's love in our lives serves as a living invitation for others to see. And I was thinking about that the other day. You know how when you have a party and you have out, you send out invitations and you make invitations, hey, invite people to, to, to a birthday party or invite for whatever situation it might be. It might be a, a, a bridal shower or whatever it might be. You put out invitations. And I was thinking about your life and my life as followers of Jesus Christ. We are a living invitation. We are the invitation that Jesus left here on earth for others to see. We are the living invitation that is not no longer, it's verbal. Hey, do you know who Jesus is? Can I invite you? Because I want you to know who my Savior is, Jesus Christ. We're the living invitation. Let your light shine. Notice how Jesus ends his teaching on the vine and the branches with this statement. Thank you for that good comment because it is good. Verse 17 says, this is my command, love each other. I think many people miss this truth on Jesus' teaching in the vine and the branches. The only way that we can remain in Jesus is to learn how to remain in his love. That's the only way we can remain in Jesus, is by remaining in his love. It's why the Apostle Paul could so boldly state in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, where he makes that statement, love never fails. Why did Paul make that statement? Because he recognized that he was a product of that love, that it never failed. When he was going in a completely wrong direction, it was God's love that took him off of that path and set him and turned him around and put him on the path to serve him. You see, God's love can change your direction. God's love can change your life. God's love can change your child's life. God's love can change your friend's life. God's love is powerful. It's effective. And he has, 
He has instilled that love in us, and it's called an agape love. It's a sacrificing love. It's a love that's what we did in Ecuador. It's a love that what we do each and every day when we serve someone else, when we love someone else, when we do this selfless type of love. And I want to say thank you as a church. It's not saying that we have arrived, because we always can improve, amen? But thank you as a church for sacrificing. Thank you for giving to this church. Thank you for supporting, you know, just putting the utilities on and, and supporting salaries here to be able to have a youth pastor and a children's pastor and the different things. that you, It's the sacrifice of many that makes things happen. It's the sacrifice that we support 20-some missionaries. It's being able to send a team to Dream Center earlier this year and then again to Ecuador. It's making a difference. Sometimes we just come to church on Sunday and we don't see that we're making We're making a difference. And we're going to make even a greater difference the more that we embrace God's love. Because it changes us. Thank you. Thank you for being a part. For the missionaries here, thank you for giving your life and serving so many years and continuing to serve. For pastors here, thank you for building churches. For everyone else, thank you for giving and taking your time for teaching a Sunday school class or for helping and lead the young people that come here every Sunday. You know, young people's weekends on a Sunday morning when they're working, you know, early on, on a Sunday morning to wake up early once again to come and lead us in worship. Thank you for the sacrifice. It's all making a difference. God's love will change directions of people's lives. I believe that. Do you believe that? I believe with all my heart. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love, your grace, your power. We thank you for, Lord God, for leading the way, for showing us what sacrifice is all about, for giving, laying down your own life for each and every one of us. And Lord, maybe you haven't called us to lay down our lives, but maybe you're calling us to do something greater, something more in our own life. Maybe it's a sacrifice of time or maybe a sacrifice of money or whatever it might be. Sacrifice to serve, sacrifice to love, sacrifice to forgive. Whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that you put it on our hearts right now. Because Lord, your love, Lord God, will never fail. We need that love in our heart greater than ever before. And we need to display that love to others like never before. Let us be a church that loves not just our community, but Lord God, that loves the world. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. If you're here today, heads bowed for just a moment. And I'm, I'm going to do a little different ending here today. If you're here and you're just saying, Pastor Tom, <laughs> I want to embrace a greater type of love that you're talking about, this agape love, this love that is willing to look past offenses and ask for forgiveness, this love that is willing to sacrifice like never before. And if that's you here today, I want to say a prayer. I'm not going to be asking for you to raise hands. And if you're watching us online today, I just want to say a prayer because sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's hard to let go and let God. 
But today, maybe God is saying, no, you need to let go of self, and you need to let me have control. And when you let God have control, things start to change. And maybe it's just been a struggle, and you, you're saying, man, Pastor Tom, I, you know what, I'm going to change my mind. If you, if you just need to be able to say, yeah, I need to let go, I need to let God. Raise your hand real, here, real high. Every eye closed, every, just raise, yeah. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. It's all over the place. If you're at home, raise your hand real high because I want to say a prayer. Lord Jesus, we raise our hands today, Lord God, in an act of surrender. That act of surrender, kind of like how we worship, is letting go, <laughs> letting go of our pride, letting go of our hurts, letting go of those things that keep us from understanding or, or, or being able to experience your love. God, we want to let go and we want to let you have control. So God, we surrender our lives to you once again. And we say, Lord God, work through us in a greater way than ever before. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.